We acknowledge the custodians of place, the traditional owners of our lands, waters and skies, wherever you are in this moment. We created this podcast here on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Eastern Kulin Nation and pay our respects to the elders and culture leaders, past, present and future. Content warning. This is a quick heads up that this episode explores themes such as managing physical conditions and mental health. What is it like to be an adolescent? It's like a hurricane in slow motion. Pleasant things happen at odd intervals when you least expect it. It's confusing and lonely at the same time overwhelming. Hey, and welcome to episode two of Even More Than This. My name is Anika, and my pronouns are she, her, and I'm joined by Ling. Hey, everyone. I'm Ling, and my pronouns are she, they. Today, we're going to be exploring the second episode of the series, More Than This, and it's titled Alex, and we're going to continue exploring the theme and piecing together what does it mean to be an adolescent today? Yeah, so just a little overview of what the second episode is about. We really delve deep into Alex's life and we learned that he has to repeat year 12 due to his epilepsy, which unfortunately caused a lot of mental and physical stress to his life. And to cope with this, he starts smoking weed, which is supplied by Sammy, and he's actually nearly caught by Mr. E. But then plot twist, they end up bonding over music, which Alex uses as a de-stressor. So that right there is a track that Alex compiles and essentially shows to Mr. E. And I think within Alex's storyline, it brings up a broader conversation around having an outlet to reduce stress and anxiety, which is so important for anyone, but particularly young people. Yeah, because I also completely relate to Alex mm. in the sense that I definitely use music as a de-stressor. You know, I've got my headphones listening to music all mm. the time and I'm such a big fan of music. And it's just, I think it's a very teen thing, honestly. Yeah. It's also used as a way for people to find similar people. Yeah. I totally resonate with you, Ling, because music definitely soundtracks like every single moment of my life. And I think, yeah, it's really important to have that outlet uh, because obviously we're faced with so much in our everyday lives and having an outlet to kind of really just unplug and just relax um, is obviously really helpful to have. Yeah. And I also think, you know, the connection that came from Alex's music, he showed it to Mr. E. And they form like this whole new connection just because of that and just because of Alex's passion. And also, let's talk about how Mr. E is such a good teacher. Yeah. Like he actually cares about his students. I agree. I think Mr. E shows that like for a good teacher, the job exceeds the classroom. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. Because he, he, like, goes out of his way yeah. to actually talk to Alex, you know, after class and, like, check in with him. Yeah. And it doesn't even come off as, like, a oh, I'm your superior and Mm. I'm trying to govern you kind of way. Which I think is so important. And it's like having somebody who's just like kind of down to earth um, and just being like, hey, like I do have more life experience than you, but not saying it in like an outward kind of explicit way, but just being like, if you need a chat, I'm here. And that goes a long way. And I think having that from somebody who has like obviously had more life experience and has been on this earth for longer, um, I think, yeah, as I said, that just goes a long way. And I'm sure like... Yuling and like people listening in at the moment it's just like you would have had that one person whether it's a teacher whether it's like a family member whether it's an older friend or um, a relative or a family friend or somebody like I think everybody has got that kind of earth angel in a way yeah, I feel like, like yeah the guardian angel yeah yeah. yeah yeah and yeah mystery is a very good guardian angel in my yeah. opinion because he's very guiding he's yeah. very like 
um, calming. And he kind of showed Alex, it's okay that everyone has their own thing going on. Yeah. And that school might not always be for everyone. Yeah. Because I feel like, yeah, in today's society, it's almost as if like, oh, school is like, you have, you've got to go to uni. You've got to do this, this, and this. It's just like, that is a quote right track in life mm-hmm. but that doesn't always work for everyone and I think this is very well portrayed in Alex's character because he's clearly not that passionate about school but he's so much more passionate in other things and because of how academics works that's very like skipped over but mm-hmm. Mr. E really you know highlights that about him yeah and I think it's important especially as a creative person to have that nurturing to have that support because obviously if you want to pursue something in a creative field you need that support like self-belief but also belief from other people because that really goes a long way and I think yeah as you said like school isn't everyone's thing and that is totally okay and I think like especially when you come to the end of like year 12 or if you come to the end of like your schooling experience there's a lot of emphasis on like oh what uni are you going to and it's like that's almost like the default and even in myself I've had to when I was finishing school and all that kind of thing I had to reprogram my brain and even when I speak to people who are finishing like high school at the moment like I'm really conscious about asking like reframing the question around like what uni are you going to to what are you doing now or what are you pursuing outside of school because not everyone goes to uni. Not everyone does that. That's not everyone's, like, life path, as you said. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that, yeah, some people might get straight into work. Some people might take a gap year. Some people might be volunteering or, like, be kind of exploring different avenues. And, like, that's totally fine. Like, there's no... If you... Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on young people when you finish school to go to uni. And I don't think that that is a realistic, like, portrayal of what actually happens, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I actually never thought about it that way, like, asking people... You know, instead of saying, yeah, what uni are you going to? What are you doing now? Yeah. Yeah, that's a very supportive way to look at it, I think. So I think the relationship between Alex and Mr. E is a really positive representation of support, especially from older people in uh, a young person's life. And as he's like a teacher who really genuinely like cares for Alex and also has a really good balance of like giving him space and allowing Alex to, like, come to him in his own time, which I think is really important and something that isn't shown with other characters and other people in Alex's life. Yeah, so let's just look at the other support systems that Alex has in his life. Firstly, the counsellor. This. Exactly. Which is why I want this whole year to be positive. The last thing we need is for you to get stressed. I know that doesn't help with the ambulance. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> she was an interesting one because, yeah. you know, she was trying her best, I assume, and she... <laughs> I assume. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. She, she wasn't featured she was, very yeah. much, but yeah. from what I could see, she was trying her best. Yeah. And I remember this, like, specific line that she said that mm. was like, um, I can see you're a little bit stressed. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. But, I, has that happened to you before, Link? Like, that's definitely happened to me before. Yeah, like... When I tell somebody, like, oh, this is happening in my life, and they're like, you're just a little stressed out. You need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or, like, when people, I don't know, I feel like this happens a lot when people make a statement about, like, what you're feeling, and it's like, okay, yeah, we're just, like, pointing out the obvious. It's like, I get it. I'm stressed. How can we, like, how can 
like it's it's how do we move forward exactly. from this we've acknowledged the stress yeah exactly now let's find a solution exactly and that's what the counselor is for but she's just not doing the exactly. job correctly exactly and you could see Alex was so uncomfortable in that he was like rubbing his like legs and he just kind of wanted to get out there it felt like a very forced interaction in my opinion yeah like he was so stressed out about a conversation that he clearly yeah. did not want to have yeah and he like didn't know how to handle it and it's clear that he doesn't want to think about it at mm. all even because I feel like the support systems around him, they're there, yeah. but they kind of they kind of defined his character and his personality as simply just somebody who has epilepsy. Yeah. And the, when the counselor speaks about his condition, she speaks about it as if it's this like really bad thing that shouldn't be talked about because I think she like whispers it as well, which was like so demeaning mm. to him and obviously made him really uncomfortable. Yeah. And even, like, the way his mom treats him is more of a patient than a person, in yeah. my opinion. Because, like, it comes from a good place, obviously, because she's his mom. And yeah. she wants, like, what's best for him, and it's clear that she's worried. But they're kind of, yeah, just, like, defining him as someone with epilepsy rather than just his own person. And they kind of disregard his interests with that as well. Yeah. It really occupies your mental space when you're kind of battling with different health conditions. And I think that like simply just like getting up, doing things, like going about your day, sometimes when you're battling with like different health conditions, that is enough. Exactly. Like, do you know what I mean? And like, I think sometimes when people like, and I recognize that his mom is like trying to be really supportive and like trying to also just like be really like helpful in terms of like trying to make him better and stuff like that. But sometimes it's like, this is the reality. I have this condition. I'm just trying to live with it. And sometimes it's going to be good. Sometimes it's not. And that's just like the reality of it. I think sometimes just giving people space is actually very supportive. If that makes sense. And I think that's the difference between like Mr. E's approach and the counsellor and Alex's mum's approach. Because I feel like they all have good intentions. Obviously, they all want to help Alex. However, Mr. E really gives Alex space and he allows him to kind of be himself rather than kind of treats him as, as a patient. Yeah. And also another character that I think actually really helps Alex is Charlotte as well. Because yeah. they're really good friends. Yeah. Right. And they have such a good relationship mm. and even though they don't necessarily talk about his condition all the time it's like a given that you know they're vulnerable with each other and they give each other space and everything yeah like you said going back to space yeah and i think this relates to you know the topic of vulnerability and how this is used between alex and charlotte uh, versus charlotte and leon because it's clear that Charlotte and Leon have a very dysfunctional relationship. Mm. And even though Alex and Charlotte are vulnerable with each other, but it's used to construct the foundations of their relationship. Yeah. It's used to make them stronger and have a better friendship because they know more about each other. They know how their minds work. Whereas with Charlotte and Leon, it's more like we're trading secrets yeah. that we can use against each other. Yeah. The vulnerability is used as like a divisive t- technique yeah. rather than to bring them closer together. And so, yeah, also relates to how the counselor was just horrible and not finding the right people for Alex and kind of just forcing the vulnerability onto Alex Mm -hmm. rather than letting him have the distance to say it for himself. Yes, I totally agree, Ling. And I think that's a very important, like, sentiment 
um, and very important discussion to have because it definitely happens in day-to-day life and day-to-day relationships with people, whether on like a kind of minor scale or on like a kind of more like amplified scale, it's definitely exists. But you wanted to spotlight the situation between like Alex and Charlotte and the dialogue around that um, in this particular episode, episode two. Tell me more about it. Yeah, so the reason I brought it up in the first place was because I remember the scene after the whole Charlotte and Leon thing, and then Charlotte and Alex were talking about it, and Alex, like, kind of got mad at her Mm. for kind of, quote, letting it happen. And then Charlotte's response to that was she said that she was, quote, weirdly vulnerable, and it gave him even more power, and she didn't get closure, which I think was very interesting because I think a lot of people are afraid— to get into relationships because you have to be vulnerable with them. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be honest with them about who you are. But then if you're scared of that, it's like, how is this supposed to function? Like, how mm-hmm. are you supposed to make that real connection with somebody else? Yeah, it's so true. And if you boil down, like, what a relationship is, because I feel like it's commonly overcomplicated. Like, yeah. And so I think if you boil it down, it's just like you have a connection with somebody and naturally you're learning about one another. And that's kind of how vulnerability, like, comes into play. And it doesn't have to be this big, like, gesture where it's like you have to be really vulnerable with somebody. It's just like literally Charlotte and Alex just literally say hello to each other and the way that they greet each other and acknowledge each other. It's so, like, colloquial. It's so wholesome. And it's just you can tell how comfortable that they feel with each other. Hello, hello. Hello, sweet chicks. Ah, you look like shit. Very observant of you. I think your mum likes me more than she likes you. Yeah, I think she does too. Speaking of, how was meditation? Do you need me to rub your temples for you? Tell you to stay calm? It's just like that kind of... Those little moments, like, can be little moments of vulnerability with somebody. Just, like, feeling comfortable with, like, yourself and somebody else. We really encourage you to think about maybe people in your life that you can be vulnerable with, whether it's like you feel very connected to them or you just have little moments of vulnerability and just like, um, yeah, just little moments. That's essentially what vulnerability is. And we really encourage you to think about people in your life that you can be vulnerable with. We ask some young people who they feel comfortable being vulnerable with. The last time when I felt vulnerable was when I opened up to my best friend about this really personal secret of mine that I told no one but only her. I think really the one that I can recall of late definitely is the start of uni, uh, my first year. I think my mental health was at a really interesting phase where I just started seeing a psychologist for the first time um, outside of a school counsellor. and. In that process, you really have to open yourself to somebody who's a stranger to you at the beginning and you sort of have to trust them with that vulnerable side of you. And I I remember sitting in that office um, and filling out that mental health plan and kind of getting the results back from that and just feeling like, oh my God, this is kind of the start of something different entirely than how I've been dealing with my mental health before. I'll probably say during year 12 or year 11, because at home it wasn't the best place to be. And even at work, like, it was probably the only time I had time to myself, if that makes sense. 
there was there was a lot of dramas, but um, like we went through it. So and it made at the end of the day it made me stronger. So I felt very vulnerable in the sense that you there wasn't a balance in my life. Well, there wasn't a balance in anyone's life really, but there wasn't a balance. So um, I found in the first lockdown I was like more motivated like exercising, doing my work, going to bed at reasonable times. But in the second lockdown, I was sort of over it. So like emotionally and mentally, I was a little bit fragile. If I could describe a time I felt vulnerable, it would probably be right now because currently just going to university and the fear that you will not meet people of your interest and you won't fit into the culture that is in your uni is kind of scary. and it's, I do feel vulnerable because I'm at a point of weakness where I don't really have a safety net. I think once you accept you're in a vulnerable position, I think that's when you can move on and not let the pressure get to you. Um, the most vulnerable I felt was when I transitioned um, into year 11. So at this stage, I um, had moved from country Victoria to Melbourne and I um, yeah, had gone to a new school. I had moved cities. Um, everything had completely changed. And um, I just remember like, yeah, being like, you know, taken away from friendship groups um, where you feel really comfortable and you're confident in and being thrusted into something new, which was really exciting to start with. But then when I actually got into it, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is awful. I mean, anytime I have to talk about my feelings to anyone, I feel vulnerable. Like if I have to ask for help, especially um, one particular example is when I had to get tested for a learning disability in like year 10. And that was really, really like, I felt so exposed because it meant admitting that I needed help. And I thought that was a weakness. Like, I don't think that anymore, but at the time it was a big step for me to reach out and say, hey, I think I might be struggling with something and could you please help me? I think I feel vulnerable all the time, um, but particularly the last couple of years, um, the late sort of teenage years, um, there's been a lot of uh, confronting things that have, I guess, happened um, given, you know, COVID, but also just, you know, doing year 11 and year 12 um, through that period. Um, it sort of forced me and the people around me to be vulnerable and talk about our emotions a lot more and really sort of feel the things that maybe before we would have pushed to the side. Um, so I'd say, yeah, particularly the last couple of years, it's been really, really vulnerable. Awesome responses there. Thank you to those who contributed. And I guess tying this back into that overall question of what does it mean to be an adolescent today, from this episode, what stood out most to me was the concept of growing up and learning about yourself and your well-being. I feel as though in your adolescence and all throughout your life, to be fair, it's all about learning how to live and manage with different health conditions or different hurdles that you might encounter, whether it be physical or mental, etc. Also, I felt as though in this episode, we learned a lot about how to support people with varying health conditions, which is something that can be instrumental, especially in growing up and navigating these forms of identity. What did you find insightful, Ling? Yeah, so from this episode, my main takeaway, which you could probably tell, but for me, it's definitely vulnerability. And even watching the scenes and having to think about it as a concept made me like reevaluate all my relationships with people because being a teen today or like just a human today is a process of opening up and finding space to let people really know you. So that's a wrap. Thank you all so much for listening and we will see you next episode. Set it up. Set it up.
If any of the content in this episode raises any issues for you, Kids Helpline's qualified counselors are available via web chat, phone, or email anytime and for any reason. Kids Helpline is Australia's only free, even from a mobile, confidential, 24-7 online and phone counseling service for young people aged 5 to 25. Visit kidshelpline.com.au or call 1-800-55-1800.